Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, and I can see time's already slipped away, so let's get right to it tonight, because last week, we didn't get to any of it, so, and that's okay, that's good, but tonight, we're going to do our best to get through some of this tonight. It says this, this is our foundation scripture for giants. <clears throat> when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. So we said that when God calls us to battle, he calls us to a battle or to a fight that we cannot win because they're greater and they're mightier than us. So we said it's a battle he calls us to that we cannot win without him. For far too long, we have been putting too much trust in our own abilities. And we're facing giants that are mightier and stronger in the natural. And they're not been going down. We've not taken giants down. There are giants that should have been taken down long before tonight in our lives. But here we are. We're going to start taking them down because we're learning it's supernatural. It's a supernatural, it's a spiritual battle. And we found out that these nations were nations of giants. All those ites, those seven nations we mentioned, were nations of giants. That's one of the giants came out of that was very familiar to us, one that we learned up when we were kids by the name of Goliath. And last time we said that each of these giants can be likened to spirits today. So we're not talking about natural um, giants that are 10 foot plus in height. We're talking about spirits controlling, manipulating devils of hell that come to take control of our lives to destroy us and to manipulate us. So we talked about the Hittite spirit two weeks ago. And Hittite translates this way. It means fear, terror, confusion, and discouragement. And so we said that the devil will come right before breakthrough. We talked about on Sundays, for the, we had the door series. And right before we crossed the threshold of a new opportunity or a breakthrough in our life, uh, a Hittite spirit can attack us and can cause fear and terror to come and say to us that we shouldn't go through the door. There's too much of a price to pay or we'll lose friends or something in those lines to cause us to be discouraged and confused as to hearing God's voice or not. Keep in mind that these nations, these nations of giants, they had been attacking God's people. And God made a covenant with himself that he would destroy those giants. And I'm going somewhere with this. So tonight, we're going to deal with and take down the Amorites giant. The Amorite spirit has to do with the tongue. Everybody say the tongue. The question is, can you rule over the tongue? Can you rule over the tongue? Carpenter went to a house and he was going to be doing some measurements for put some cabinets in this man's house. And so he comes into the house and, and he goes in and, and uh, he gets there and realizes he left his, uh, his tape his measuring tape out in the truck and didn't want to go. It was parked down the street, didn't want to go back outside. So he asked the man in the house, sir, he said, sir, do you have a ruler? And he says, he looked kind of confused for a second. He goes, yeah, but I don't like to call her that. I call her my wife. Come on, somebody say amen. 
Sometimes we get confused <laughs> as to what title we have, right? <laughs> Can you rule over your tongue? The tongue is a giant. Words can change the course of history as well as change the course of destiny. I'm going to say that one more time. Words, your words can change the course of your history and it can change the course of your destiny. There was a king, and this was during the time where God told him to take these nations out by the name of Saul. Saul was the first king of the nation of Israel. And it was one that the people wanted. You see, God wanted to be the ruler. God wanted to be king over Israel, but the people wanted a natural man to rule over them, and God allowed it. And he called Samuel to anoint Saul to become king. Saul was a good-looking man. He was, the Bible says he was a tall man, heads and, head and shoulder above most of the people of the land. And so he was stately-looking, presidential-looking. He, he looked the part of a great king, but he did not have a king heart. He had the king part, but didn't have a king heart. And so um, God told Saul through Samuel that this next nation, the Amorite nation, also known as the Amalekites, not just the Amorites, but the Amalekites, he said, I want you to go in, I want you to destroy everything. Everything, nothing lives, it all dies. And so <clears throat> Saul said, yes, that sounds good. He comes back from war, comes back from battle, and Samuel says to him, he says, what is going on here? All the men are back so soon. And he says, and what is that bleeding in the background? I hear, I hear the bleeding of, of um, sheeps and goats. And they weren't there before. What is this? And why do we have all these men, their arms are, their arms are tied together, and they're coming in as captives? He said, well, I spoke to King Agog. And the king, uh, the king came to me and said, look, I tell you what, now watch what the devil does. The devil is slick, y'all. The devil will trip you up. The devil will get you to second think what God has told you to do. Once God tells you to do it, what do you got to do? You have to obey it. So he said, he said, um, he said, the king talked to me and I thought it was reasonable. He said, don't kill me. Spare my life and I'll give you all this cattle and you won't have to worry about it and you can be great sacrifice and offering for your people because he understood how the, how the Jews were and what their sacrifices were about. And he says, and you won't have to kill anybody. It won't be messy and we'll come and we'll be your slave. Just spare my life. So with his tongue, he manipulates the king, King Saul, and causes him to do exactly what he says. He manipulates him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul, because of your disobedience, you have in fact brought a curse upon all of Israel. Bring me the king. And Samuel, the prophet, takes a sword and kills the king right in front of Saul. And says, That's the job you were supposed to do. But because you did not do it, because you listened to King Agar with his slip, slippery tongue, the curse will be upon you, and God is going to strip the kingdom away from you. Agog, the name, I looked it up this morning. Agog means to burn, a flame that burns. In other words, it's just like the devil to tell you something other than what God said to do that's caused you to slip up and cause you to get burned one time after the other, after the other, after the other. As a matter of fact, 
As a matter of fact, that was his weapon of choice. That was, that was the Amalekites' uh, weapon of choice. The Amorites' weapon of choice was scorched earth on everything. They had no mercy for God's people, yet this king decided he's going to show mercy on his enemies. And that's what David had to fight with when he came back from battle and came back, remember? And all his women and children and all that he had was taken from him. All the spoils was taken from him and everything was burned to the ground. That was Amorites. It will come back when you don't deal with the devil and you listen to the slick tongue of the enemy. It will cause you to be burned one time. You're going to get burned over and over and over again. Let me make this statement. If you don't kill what rules you, what you're called to rule will be taken from you. The devil's always trying to manipulate words. Not his words. He can't speak in the natural our words, what we say, and if it get us to agree with what he's talking about, he has authority, he has power. That's why he'll get you talking about each other. I want to take off and preach this thing, but I got to teach for just another minute or two, please. He gets us talking about each other, and then we watch this, and now our tongue is used as a weapon against our brothers and against our sister. And instead of helping people in their weakness, we use our tongue to, to take it and chop their heads off and destroy them once and for all. When we see people down in this church, we do not attack them. We pick them up. We bind them up. We love them back to life again. Y'all don't want to help me tonight. I'm here to tell you, church, that's what the church is called to do, is to love people and quit judging. You can judge what's right and wrong, but help the person. Am I, am I right about this, church? And so that's exactly what's happening here. And you see it time and time again in the word of God. And that's why the devil will come. The devil will come. And it'll get you talking about that brother or that sister. Did you see so-and-so at church? Well, you know how they do. You know how it is. They always got to be in the front praising God. You know that's what they, all they want is a husband. All they want is a wife. They just want to be seen in the front row. Come on, y'all. Talk to me, somebody, please. Amen. Or, you know, so-and-so didn't even say hi to me at church yesterday. Can you, I'll never go back there again, but you keep coming back anyways. Get us talking and judging each other. And the Bible says, the Bible says that the, the devil, the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren who stands before God day and night accusing the brother. Well, wait a second. I thought the devil was cast out of heaven. You can't have it both ways. Where is he at? He's either in heaven right now doing this 24-7 or watch this or he's been cast down. The Bible says Jesus said he, he beheld Satan like lightning fall from heaven. So we know he's not in heaven anymore. So how in the world is that statement true? I'll tell you how it's true. The only person on earth, the only people on earth that's got access to heaven are the born-again believers. And when you talk about your brother and you talk about your sister, you become the accuser of the brethren. Touch your neighbor and say, quit doing the devil's work. Just tell them, quit doing the devil's work. Amen. <laughs> Look, your future is more dependent on what you have to say about it than anyone else including the devil. As a matter of fact, your future cannot be determined by anybody but you. You determine it. By what? By the things that you say. How are you talking about your life? Are you cursing your life? Saying how bad it is? Or are you blessing your life? 
And if you don't believe in you, how can I believe in you? I can only go so far. Amen. The only way your destiny comes to you is when you speak to it. When you declare God's word over it. That's when you are literally activating the power of God to bring it to pass in your life. God's waiting for somebody in his family to come in agreement with what he's already said. To become an ambassador of Christ. One that stands in the authority of Jesus. So Jesus stood in God's authority on earth and you and I are supposed to stand in God's authority on earth now that Jesus is gone. I said you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and when you speak, creative force comes out of you. When you pray, God hears your prayer. I could tell you so many stories and most of them you've heard. Stories of how I had, there was no way that's why I like that song. That song's been in my spirit for the last couple, two weeks. And about, I walked around these walls, thought they'd fall by now. But you've never failed me yet. I've seen you move the mountains and you'll do it again. I've watched God move mountains. Impossibilities become possible because I dared to believe him. I dared to step out in faith. I had nowhere else to go. And so I decided I'm going to speak to it. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to act like it's already taking place. I'm going to set my life in alignment with what I see God doing. Not what I, I said, not what I see the devil doing. Not where my circumstance, but where God is pushing my life to become. That's the person I want to be. And I watch God do, do miracle after miracle after miracle. When we lost this building, and it was devastating, you know, we had to do it. And that was something I told you about. And, and we had to let it go because we had to, guys. We just had to. I was tired of the bank robbing us. To be, be honest with you, it, it just came down to that. The government's bringing subsidies to all these banks, and yet they don't pass it down to the next person, which is you and I. So the little guy gets, gets starved out. That's wrong. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. So we made a decision. We're going to default. Let God do what he wants to do. I, I decided my church, my ministry is not a building. So if God wants me to keep it, I'll be here tomorrow. If you don't want me to keep it, I'm going to throw I'm God, I offer it to you. It ain't mine anyways. I've done what I can do. So we did that. And um, God then speaks to me and says, I want you to believe me for it. And so a series of circumstances begin to happen. Everything's working out. Bank's working with me. Everything's working good. We got a deal on the table. It's starting to manifest at the last second. The last second. We're talking about days before signing. A group of professionals came in this building and said they wanted to see it, that they were told that it was for sale, which truthfully it was, but it wasn't really, but they, the owner could do what they wanted. It wasn't on the market, but they'd heard somebody said something, so they came to, and so I was taken off guard by it, and I had Pastor Ruben said, show them around. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with this right now. I'm going to be praying. So I left, and they're professionals, and they're walking around, oh, this looks good, this looks good. You know, how, how would you like it if somebody goes into your living room? Oh, this looks good. I like, oh, this is nice. Get out of here. That's how you feel. I don't feel very, I didn't feel very Christian. I won't be honest with you. I did not feel Christian at that moment. I am saved, but I don't want to be saved. You know what I'm talking about? So they're walking around the building. They like it, blah, blah, blah. And um, it looked like they were going to bid on this property. So the next day, I got up early in the morning, which is my tendency anyways. And the Spirit of God said, son, 
I want you to go down to the building. He said, what did I tell you? I said, because I was upset. And he said, he said what did I tell you? I said, well, you told me this was my building. This is our church. I was going to do something different. If you want, you, I said, I'd do something, whatever you want, God. But you told me this is my building. He said, now go down there. That's what I told you. And I want you to walk around this property seven times. Now, you see, I did that back in, I did that back in 2001. I walked around this building seven times and we got the building. You heard that story. But most people didn't hear the second story. You know, God wants to bless you sometimes more than you think. God will cause a resurrection where there seems to be a death. If he said, look, this, you got to, I can say it better in tongues. Come on, I could do this better in tongues, praise God. Call those things that be not as though they were. The Bible says why? Because God calls the dead to life again. That's the rest of that verse. Resurrection where there was death. Now, you couldn't tell in our church services they were flying, they were going, everything was good. But I'm telling you, there was hell behind the scenes. So I got up, I, I came down here, and I walked, around, I walked around this building. And I walked around, and he said, now, I want you to just claim it, claim it, claim it. Speak it out loud. Well, nobody's around anyways. So I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm going, I'm hoofing around this building, and I'm claiming, you told me this was my property. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, as I'm walking and claiming this property, faith is hitting me like a ton of bricks. Look, church, when you want something, you don't sit back and wait for the devil to take it out of your hands. You fight, fight, fight. This is how I fight my battles. You don't back down. If you feel surrounded, it's actually God surrounding you to take care of you. And so I'm walking around the property and walking by the seventh time around. I'm picking up, I'm picking up a rock every time I, I put it in my pocket. Pick up a rock, put it in my pocket. I still got those rocks right now sitting on my desk at home. Rocks right there, foundations. I picked it up, put it in my pocket. I said, Lord, Lord, I'm not mad at these people. I was mad at them, but Lord, I'm not mad at them. Because you know when faith hits you, you don't care anymore. It's like I know what I know. It don't matter what they try now. My God has already spoken. It's a done deal. It's done. It's done. This thing's spiritual before it's natural. So I said, I got it. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're going to bless them. God, give them a great property. Lord, bless them, set them up. Let, that, let them have a flourishing business. God, in a perfect location, but not this one. In Jesus' name, amen. God speaks to me. says, go to Steve Muncy's tonight. So I called Steve and said, hey, are you going to be in town tonight? He said, yeah, I'm preaching tonight. He said, why are you coming up? I said, I'm coming up. He goes, come on up, we'll party. That's his way of saying we're going to go out to eat afterwards. So, so I said, yeah, I'll be there tonight. He has two services. And I was just going to go to 7 o'clock, but I felt like I was going to go to 5 o'clock. So I ended up going to both services. And uh, we talk a little bit between services. And I didn't tell him nothing, zero, because God told me to go there. Now, God tells you something. You've got to manipulate nothing. You just show up, and God will do what he's got to do. So I'm standing there. I'm sitting over here. It's a big church. And so he's up here preaching, and he starts preaching now. He is going. You think I can preach? This guy can preach the paint off the walls. It's powerful. He's back. He's going back and forth, right? And he stops. He looks at me. He's, Jeff Pruitt, get up here right now. Get up here. So, oh, my God, what's going on? So he calls me up. At the same time, I am expecting God to do something. I just don't know what it is yet. He calls me up in front of the church. He said, this man right here, because he went through something similar. I went through something similar. He said, with, the same, with our church, very similar. He said, but the Spirit of God is just sitting there, spoke to me to tell you, 
No one's going to get that property. It belongs to you. God made a promise and a covenant with you, and that building is going to be yours, and in seven days, you're going to know that you know that you know God's going to put that property back in your hand. We didn't talk about, didn't know nothing. Hits me, and power God nails me. Power God nails the place, and they go crazy, right? And so I went home with a promise. I did not hear anything in seven days. I'm not trying to say he missed it. I'm just telling you, I think God was working something out behind the scenes within seven days. I don't know nothing about. But within seven weeks, everything was settled. Everything was done. Never heard from those people again. The pe people were happy to work with us. Got a million off our loan. Come on, somebody. God did a miracle. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's the point. You begin to lose your mind and say, if God can do it for Pruitt, God can do it for me. He's no respecter of persons. <laughs> Woo! You may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. God has a supernatural answer to your natural dilemma and problem in your life. Someone say amen. Ooh, that was that resonated, praise God. That's going to be here on Sunday. Amen. It's going to still be here, praise God. Jesus, when a storm was coming against him, he speaks to the wind. And the wind ceases. He says, peace be still. The wind ceases and the waves do no longer causes destruction of that boat and they go across and draw ground. When was the last time, instead of freaking out, getting upset about your storm and how unfair it is and how it's this and how it's that and getting in the flesh about it, when's the last time you, stuck, you just got upset in the spirit and stuck your finger in the nose of that storm and said, you will no longer blow on me. You will no longer upset my life. You will not be a whirlwind the rest of my life. This storm is not going to last forever. You've got to, you hear me, you've got to stop. And you serve it, cease and desist papers. <sighs> With your tongue. The way you bring down an Amorite spirit, Amorite is about the slippery tongue. You got to counter that thing with a God tongue, with a word tongue on your mouth. Come on, church. Let, let me say this. Faith begins in your spirit, and you need faith to overcome, but it's always cultivated in your mind. In other words, it's not enough to believe in your heart only. Your mind has to come into agreement with, with, what, with what your heart believes. Because your mind will always pull you back out into the flesh. You, you know what I'm talking about? That's why you can, be, you can be in your car praying, having a Holy Ghost time with God, loving the Lord. I mean, he's so wonderful to you. You're crying like a little baby. I love you, Jesus. You're the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And somebody cuts you off. Come on, somebody. And you're screaming, you idiot, you jerk. Come on. Okay, it's just me. Y'all are saints. I got you. I'm still struggling. Amen. And pull you right out. Why? Because my mind still wants to overpower my spirit. It's got to be ruled over. 
So I do that by what? By, by what? I've got to cultivate. My thinking has to line up with my heart or my faith. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're constantly thinking fear thoughts, you're going to have fear problems. If you're thinking failure thoughts, failure will come into you. You'll make failures. But if you have thoughts of success, overcoming, victory, somehow, some way, God's going to do it. He's going to turn this thing around then you will have a turnaround in your life. I've seen people who had great faith but accomplished very little. Why? Their thoughts were dominated by doubt. They believed in their prayer closet. But when they stepped out into the real world, all of a sudden doubt crept in. If you feed your faith, you'll starve your doubts to death. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says. So you got to feed your faith and your thinking with the word of God. You got to turn off that radio station sometimes, y'all. Unless there's a good radio station that's got good Christian music going on. And I like to listen to the oldies. I don't mind, I don't mind telling you that. But I'm here to tell you, so when I'm working on something, they ain't got time for oldies right now. I ain't got time for the flesh stuff right now. I ain't got time for the movies right now. I ain't got no time for it right now. I like podcasts. I like to listen to all kinds of different things. But you know what? If it ain't God, there's times I'm working. I can't listen to that right now. I got to get back in the spirit. And then hearing is not just enough. There's another step. And that is you have to speak it. And you got to speak it loud enough for the giants to hear you. Do you speak loud enough? Job twenty two twenty eight. You will also declare a thing. That means you'll speak it. You'll decree it. And it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. That's why darkness is perpetual in our lives. is because we're not speaking God's word. And it says here, when you declare it, it gets established. Which means it means, it means cause to be recognized. To be set into a secure position. In other words, it can't be knocked out. But you've got to speak it. You've got to declare it. You've got to believe it. You've got to think it. Then light comes. And then it goes on. The next verse says, when they cast you down. Not if, because there's some people always trying to cast you down. Here's what you do. You say something. It says you say. When they cast you down, you speak. And you say, exaltation. So they're bringing you down low. And you're saying, I'm going up high. Y'all want to hear this tonight? So when they kick you down, God's actually trying to kick you out so he can bring you up. And I don't know the actual verse in the Bible, but I think it's in there somewhere and it says, haters are elevators. It's not, well, I don't know about that. But anyways, but there'll be persecutors that will come. And then he says what? Rejoice. Be exceeding glad. For great is your reward. They're trying to cast you down. God's trying to bring you up. You got to speak and say, I'm going to align with God. Exaltation will come. I'm going to have my day. A victory is about to take place. I'm going to become an overcomer in this situation. How many overcomers do we have tonight? Then let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Before you go to bed tonight, you start saying, in the name of Jesus. 
I'm a miracle on my way to happen. I got things planned. God's got a destiny for me. I will not be knocked out. I will not be mistreated another day in my life. Devil, you hear me? You get out of my bedroom. You get out of my finances. You get out of my house. You get off my street. The only reason why drama continues in your life is because you put up with it. I don't. I don't. The moment I sense drama, I deal with it immediately. We will not have this strife and division. Jesus speaks to the fig tree. And he speaks to it loud enough. So he says, I curse thee. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. How did he curse the tree? He what? Spoke to it. And the next day they're walking by. Walk by. And the tree is laying over on its side. And they said, hey, wasn't that the tree, the fig tree that the master cursed yesterday? Look, it's dried up from the root. I'm bringing this out to you tonight because I want you to know that Jesus didn't go over to the tree and go, kind of embarrassed to say this right now, but I feel led of the Lord. Tree, tree, let, let no one eat. Okay, it's cool. Let no one eat from you ever again. Curse be all your days. He didn't do that. He said it loud enough that the disciples remembered what he did. He wasn't embarrassed and how God operates and works. Yeah, look, y'all, you can look at me the way you want to. I'm here to tell you, look, you can believe you want to, but I'm going to catch you slipping one of these days because everybody talks out loud and even when no one's around. Some of you are having full-on conversations with people that don't even, not even in your life anymore, haven't seen them in years, and you're in the shower, come on, somebody, and you're having a full-on talk with them, come on. We're created that way. We express. We create. We, we establish with words. We define things with words. You call me a name. I call you one. We have names. Everything's with words. You stub your toe in the middle of the night. And you use your words. Come on, somebody say amen. Who put that stinking chair right there? Come on, right? You're talking to stuff. When your car don't start, y'all don't even want to help me tonight. Y'all want to act like you're the only one, I'm the only one that's ever done this before. And what do you do? You start talking to your car. Come on, come on, baby, start, come on. Right? It's in you. You can't help it. Everything we have around is established with words, the tongue. And if we're to bring the Hittite, or the, I'm sorry, the uh, Amorite spirit down, this giant down, we have to use words. Abraham spoke to his servants, I and the lad go yonder to worship, but we shall return. Jesus said, you can kill this flesh, but it will be raised to life again on the third day. How long was it when Jesus was raised from the dead again? Three days later. He spoke it. Y'all don't even know. He had to. Otherwise, he couldn't come back from the dead. He had to. Everything in this earth is, is accomplished by words being spoken. 
And I could tell you my story. And it's a true story. Now I'm time to get into all of it. In Chicago that time. And, and the car was overheating. And there was no liquid in the radiator. And my wife was turned on to God and said, we're going to speak to the car and believe in God that he's going to get us home from Chicago to Rockford. It was about an hour and a half drive. And I'm like, woman, you don't get it. We don't have, there's no, there's no antifreeze in this thing. We're not going anywhere until at least we fix that problem. And the fan was broke on it. So even if we did put antifreeze in there, probably wouldn't last, but maybe a half hour, maybe an hour, but it's going to overheat. And there was nobody to help us. And she said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we are going to pray and believe God. And she grabbed, she grabbed my hands. And she said, Father, in the name of Jesus, this car is going to start, and this car is going to get us all the way home tonight. In Jesus' name, now repeat this after me. I'm thinking, I don't want to repeat nothing after you. I'm a, she's serving God. How many know when you're backslidden, you don't want nothing to do with that? It's like, I don't want, I don't want to touch this thing. And she, she's like, repeat it after me. So I, she made me repeat it after her. Now she's going to start the car. We're going to start praising God. We're going to worship God. We're going to praise him. I'm like, I'm, well, I am not praising God. You can if you want to, but I'm not. I'm waiting for the car to overheat just to prove a point to you, let you know that this thing ain't going to work. So I start the car, starts off fine. Every time we come across a stop sign or, or, a, or a stoplight or whatever or a sign, an overhead, a highway sign, we have to say, praise the Lord or thank you, Jesus. We have to give him thanks for it. I'm thinking, oh, God. She goes, okay. She goes, here we go. Here's the first one. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. She said, you have to say thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. Get the next one. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now we're like, you know, maybe a mile. I'm going, oh, yeah, any moment now, any moment now. She said, say hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. She'll see. Now we're about five miles down the road. I'm thinking, what the heck? Praise the Lord. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now we're about... Five miles out of the city. Now, we've been driving for about 30 minutes now. And I'm going, to God be the glory. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. This is great. Wow. I'm downshifting that sucker. I'm hitting the gas. I'm trying anything I can. That thing, that little old Toyota ran like a Porsche. I mean, we were going around traffic. It was, um, I couldn't, but I said, look at this thing. It's unbelievable. And we're flying. And by that time, I was like, hey, Jesus, this is wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. We get all the way home, get there, and we get out of the car. And she says, you know, uh, you know, uh, I was amazed. She goes, pull the car up because it's going to snow tomorrow. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. Jump in the car, pull it about 25, 30 feet, feet, whatever it was, to the end of the driveway. And the car completely overheats. And I'm thinking, what in the world just happened here? I'm telling you guys, she had the faith. I didn't. She was in it. It worked fine. When I went to it, it overheated, praise God. 25 feet. We just came like 95 miles, and it worked perfectly. She gets out of the car. Why? The power of our words and the faith in what we're saying, those words, they work. It happened. It happened. It happened. Amen, somebody. Proverbs 18, 21, I close. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me tonight? God uses words that cannot be seen to make things that are seen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How? Well, the earth was out form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. 
Next verse. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And there's still is light and light is still going at 186,000 miles per second into outer space it's never stopped it never will stop over one word that God spoke and you've been created in his image and in his likeness come on what you see the father do you want to do so when he sees darkness he doesn't freak out he doesn't get birds oh what will I ever do he speaks to it what he wants it to be. And it was so. And it was so. Over. He speaks. And it was so. The Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters where there was darkness. Do you know the Spirit of God is not afraid of dark things, darkness in our lives? But do you know even though he's not afraid of the darkness, nothing was changed until God spoke? So you got the Spirit of God inside of you, and you could be walking in darkness in your life, but nothing will change until you unleash the Spirit of God with the power of your words. And when you speak in the name of Jesus, and I said, you better do it in the name of Jesus. It ain't in the name of Jeff Pruitt. It's not in the name, your name. It's not the greatest man. It's not the greatest man you could think of. The only name that has that power that every knee should bow, every tongue should confess is Jesus Christ. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. How do you know? Try it tomorrow at work. We're sitting down with everybody at lunch. Talk about God. People talk about God. Then switch the gear and talk about Jesus. And watch what happens to the atmosphere. Everything will change. People get angry at you. Some people quietly just dismiss themselves. And next thing, everybody's scattering. And you usually have that one person that wants to hear what you got to say. And then that becomes your assignment. Jesus said, I come. You say, I came to bring peace. I bring a sword. I bring division because I'm the truth. And not everybody wants the truth in their life. And I don't force them. But I do present myself to them. And when you speak in that name, demons tremble. Everybody stand to your feet. Do you all enjoy the word tonight? I went over.